Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. If you're new here, hi, I'm Kelsey, and I am the founder of Visionary Life. In this community, we chat about peak health, living an inspired life, and all things entrepreneurship. Every day, I strive to live out my own most visionary life while helping others to do the same. Visionaries are creative, driven, and energetic, and we are living a life full of want-tos and not have-tos. Visionaries value a healthy balance of work and play in our lives and find subtle shifts that we can make daily to bring us closer to achieving our dreams. Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. This show is already over one month old, yes, and I couldn't be more excited for the continued evolution of this weekly podcast. If you're new here, hi, I'm Kelsey. I am founder of the Visionary Life Community and same-named Wellness Tribe slash doTERRA Essential Oils crew, and now the podcast. My vision is to live my own most visionary life, which is filled with all the things that I really want to do and am meant to do in this world, and to lessen the things that I have to do, those things that weigh heavy in my days. And in turn, this vision of living my most visionary life has me helping others to do the same and to create that for themselves. The nature of my work now allows me to coach full-time, and I teach others the same systems that I use to get to where I am today. If you're a returning visionary, I'm super grateful that you're a founding member of this community, and I'm sending you a big virtual hug right now. The purpose of this show is to bring you the best insights, tips, and tricks in the realms of health, entrepreneurship, and living in an inspired state as a visionary. Visionaries are creative, driven, and energetic, and they are living a life that feels good deep down in their souls. We value a healthy balance of work and play in our lives and find subtle, small shifts that we can make every single day to achieve our dreams. As part of our tribe, we have mamas, we have makers, we have mega creative babes, And we are strong on our own, but together and as a collective, we can make some massive waves with our self-care, our goals and ambitions, and ultimately in our businesses. Self-development is at the core of our being. Sharing and educating others comes naturally to us, and we find inspiration to shine our lights every day so that others can find their path. Now, does this mean that we embody all of this every single day? No, not necessarily, right? In a past podcast, I chatted um, about choosing to live as a visionary every single day, right? It is a conscious effort. So if any of that sounds like you, then I believe in you and the ability that you have to create your most visionary life. And as always, if the concept of leading this lifestyle does resonate, I would love for you to be part of our community. And there are many ways we can work together, right? So the whole spectrum of ways we can collaborate can be found at www.kelseyridle.com slash work together. 
My mission through this podcast is to help inspire and help you align and ultimately arise into the best version of you. And that's what today's show is all about. So before we dive in, I'd love to give you a brief little life update. So I'm actually just in the process of packing up for a 15-day adventure to Switzerland and France, and I'm going with my fiancé, Dave. We have been planning this trip since, oh man, about six years now. Since the moment we came back from living in Switzerland, we've had dreams to go back and see our friends and um, get back to the place that made us the most happy, right? And I would challenge you, think back to a time in your life. Where were you when you were just glowing with excitement? You felt in your element. You felt really good, right? And for us, that was living in Switzerland. And so we've dreamt of going back there, but, you know, life gets in the way and it's hard to find two weeks to to go away. And obviously we wanted to go for a little longer than a week because it's a bit more of an adventure and a longer flight. And so the reason why we love Switzerland and ultimately Europe in general is that earlier in our 20s, we actually spent almost uh, like 12 or no, about 16 months living in this beautiful mountainside town called Schönried. And we worked there seasonally, so summer, winter, and summer, uh, because those are their high seasons for adventure and when in the winter the snow is the best. So that trip and that um, experience living there completely cracked Dave and I's love open for adventure and traveling and meeting new people and um, new friends and ultimately working with kids because that was part of our job. Um, Being in nature and living each season to the fullest. So a lot of people often question why I love winter so much. I think, you know, I've always enjoyed the colder weather and the snow and the beauty of it. But living in Switzerland and being able to be outside 12 hours a day in the winter, like we'd get up, we'd shovel all this beautiful snow that came overnight. We would run around with the kids outside and then we would either take them snowboarding or skiing or if we had a break, if I had my day off, I would go explore the mountain like by myself and be in solitude. And sometimes I would go with Dave and with uh, a bunch of the guys, we would go on these like backcountry adventures that scared the living crap out of me. And I would literally just stare fear straight in the face and um, have to trust that nature's got my back, right? And it's scary to put yourself on the side of a mountain and try to get to the bottom. But again, this really cracked open our love for adventure. So What I've realized is that living my most visionary life means spending more time in the mountains. And here in Ontario, where I live, we don't really have mountains. So it's important for Dave and I to schedule time to get back there to the place that makes us the most happy. And I, any trip for me and for us that involves being immersed in the mountains just makes your problems feel so minimal. It makes your worries so unnecessary. And you realize that 
the answer to a lot of your deepest questions can actually be found in nature. And this is actually going to be a key topic for today's podcast, and I'll talk about that at the end of the show. So I pre-recorded some episodes for while I'm away, so you'll still get your weekly dose every Sunday. And if you want to follow where I'm currently at, you can find me on Instagram. All right, let's dive into the show. Today's show doesn't feature a guest, but instead it's musings from me and from a book I recently read. Once per month, I'll be sprinkling in an episode where I sit down with my podcast mic solo and share musings, reflections, or thoughts on a visionary topic. Today we'll be chatting about the tools needed to lead a visionary life. So to give you line of sight, Interviews with visionary guests are going to make up approximately 75% of the content that I put out for you, but 25% is reserved for some real talk between me and you. Not because I'm super comfortable behind a mic, not because I think I have really important things to say, and not because it's easier to record solo than travel to visit someone. In fact, it's so hard to schedule a podcast date with yourself and take it seriously. I've had this on my agenda for like two weeks and I'm just now getting around to it. But because I think it is important to let you know where I'm at in my life and perhaps you can relate to the step that I'm currently on and what I'm going through. And so this is just a talk between us sipping coffee and enjoying each other's company. I recently finished the book called Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. It's short life advice from the best minds in the world. And this is totally my kind of book. As someone who is not a big reader, although I do love audiobooks and I love podcasts, but I tend to gravitate towards books that I can read back to front. Does anyone else do this? Like I literally read the last chapter first. I've always been a rule breaker and (laughs) it really manifests through my reading style So I love books that I can flip through. I love dog-earing pages, highlighting things that jump out to me. And so this book, Tribe of Mentors, that Tim Ferriss, one of my kind of mentors and business gurus that I follow quite closely, this book is right up my alley because it's one that you can pick up anytime you need a dose of inspiration and read about the tools and life advice that some of the most successful people in the world are offering up for free. So first off, why did I find so much value in this book? And why should we care what successful people are doing and wanting to know what, you know, their best purchase lately has been or what they would put on a massive billboard? Well, because we can learn so much from their habits and ultimately, in the common themes that are being pulled out of all these little snippets. So Tim must interview like 200 people throughout the course of this book. And I read, I would say almost all of them before I returned it to the library because I'm a library girl. And I made notes as I was reading the book. Okay. So I stayed in one Friday night, Dave was away working in New Jersey and I poured myself a glass of wine and I pulled out my laptop and yes, this was my Friday night. I pulled out the common themes from all of the responses 
and I started to notice trends. And I thought, wow, if Tim has pulled together 200 people from the most diverse backgrounds, right? It's not just athletes. It's not just billionaires. It's not just network marketing professional professionals. It's not just, um, you know, some of the brightest minds in tech or the top chess player in the world. You know, he's literally got such a diverse crew of responses. And so to be able to notice common themes that all of these people who have found complete alignment and ultimately success in their lifestyles is really neat because I think that that really says something about the advice that we can take. So no matter what industry you are in right now, I hope that the findings from this um, kind of experiment that I've created and common themes I've pulled out, I hope it can help you wherever you're at. Second reason why I found so much value in this book is because it's free mentorship and we all need mentors in life, but they really, they don't need to cost you thousands of dollars, right? I'm sure you've been blasted with Instagram ads and Facebook videos of people claiming that for $10,000, they'll help you grow your business. But I've never paid someone extreme amounts of money to coach me. I instead find that little extra bit of internal motivation to go seek out free coaching from books like this, from podcasts, from people I follow online and the value they give. And I will purchase their products, but I don't need to spend $10,000 to get inspired and get coaching, right? And so I think we all need mentors, okay? And I have many business and many personal mentors in my life that I actually talk to quite regularly. Um, Many of them are within my doTERRA business who have coached me, but you can never have too much inspiration flying around. So books like this are great if you are searching for a mentor and if you're kind of on the hunt for someone who can help support your business. The third reason why I find so much value in this book, Tribe of Mentors, is because we become who we surround ourselves with the most. And if your current circle is not headed in the same direction as you, or you feel like you don't have the strongest support system, that is okay. No problem. We are all on a different growth journey here. And you can get angry that your spouse or your parents don't get you as you're on this growth journey, but it's fine. Don't try to scoop them up and and force their journey along the way. Instead, find people who you do vibe with and honor that everyone is on their own path. We've got podcasts now, we've got YouTube, we've got books to support us, and I feel lucky to have a strong circle of entrepreneurial and driven minds to surround me with each day. And some of them are in person. And honestly, some of these people I've never met. They're like my podcast besties. I listen to their content and I feel that their support is is what I need to feel connected and to feel like I have the guidance required to continue to drive my business forward. So again, if your current circle is maybe making you feel like you're not advancing yourself, you've got to start finding different ways. Think outside the box, right? Find your online support circle and and just 
start immersing yourself in their content a little deeper. I find myself referencing quotes and um, some of the tips and tricks from this book as if I know these people. I'll say like, oh, well, Susan told me that like this book was really good to read. Well, I don't know Susan. She was just in the book Tribe of Mentors. Okay, that's just an example. I digress. So why I love books like this that really they hone in on personal development and how we can be better and do better and have better for our lives. Stagnancy is not something that I'm looking for. I want to grow and really make sure that every day I'm a better version of me. And so through this book, I realized that even if I only adopt 1% of the advice given in Tribe of Mentors, my life could be that much greater tomorrow, and yours could too. And if you choose to adopt 15% of the advice, well, your life is going to be insanely awesome. You've probably heard that one of the biggest differentiators between the great businesses and the average ones are that the great ones continually improve. This concept of never settling for average and always making small shifts to refine and just recommit to excellence every single day. And so the same goes for our life. So if we can look at successful businesses and realize that what they do is they continually improve their process, whether that's just 1% every single day or month, or they look for ways to elevate performance, With your life, you could simply do the same, right? Adopting new advice, refining your life in a positive way today so that tomorrow you are that small bit better. And that could go from choosing to drink a glass of water instead of pop, choosing to take your supplements today instead of saying, oh, whatever, it's not important. It's the smallest of things, right? So we want to study what's working, borrow from successful businesses, model their success. And without getting too far down the rabbit hole of why I love personal development and how it's really changed my life, which I allude to a lot, I want to share one more thing before getting into the tribe of mentors advice that I've rounded up. So I found this really cool concept that I started reading about online and it's called plussing. Have you guys heard of this? It is a Walt Disney World term for continually improving, and I think it should be a part of our regular vocabulary. So you may learn something from someone and implement it, but you shouldn't settle for it as is. You should always be looking for a way to make it a little more effective. Like I said, that 1%. So this is getting 1% better, in action, 1% at a time. So this plussing will eventually give you that 10 to 20% edge in every area that your life needs improvement on. So this plussing in the Walt Disney World term is that they're constantly looking for ways to elevate the experience and the service and the products that they provide at their theme parks and within their brand. They ask their employees, how could we make this better? What would it be like if this was easier and more seamless and more enjoyable for our guests? 
That's why Walt Disney World is so magical because they're always improving to give you the best possible experience. To relate this to my doTERRA business, I share a lot of resources with my team so that they can duplicate my business model with doTERRA. And of course, everyone puts their own spin on it, right? We all have different backgrounds. But why should they settle for the document I'm giving them as is? That is not the way you should do it. That's not the way you should approach anything that you are repurposing. What you'll want to do is make it 1% better. Make it reflect you and the 1% difference that you can offer to your community and then pass it along. And as this filters down to their teams and their team's teams, etc., think of how awesome this document is going to get. Everyone's put their 1% better into it. Or another example, if you've been struggling to build a website, which I know so many people are, I've been there thinking for months before I launched my first site, KelseyRidle.com, it seems like such a daunting task. But if you could apply this plussing or 1% rule to building your website each week, you just need to get the framework there, the bones of it, right? Like put the pages up. And 1% better every single week, adding in maybe your bio one week, adding a photo one week, you will have a rock star site with content in no time, okay? So apply this slight edge approach. I talk about this book all the time, but it is my life motto. Apply this to everything you do, guys, and you will achieve excellence. Okay, so I want to get into the Tribe of Mentors book. I've been building this up a lot. So if you're not going to read the book, no problem, because I'm going to give you the distilled version um, and just hone in on the things that I found really fascinating. And so if you're not reading the book, no problem. Um, you could always try the audiobook, or Tim has a podcast where he does snippets of the advice from Tribe of Mentors, or you can listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast. Um, but I hope you find some inspiration in this, and I'd love to dive right in. So here we go. Best life advice and best nuggets from Tribe of Mentors. So the first question that I want to hone in on was the one that asks all the tribe of mentors, what is the most worthwhile investment you've ever made? So I've pulled out three or four common themes here. And why I want to share this is because I think we have some guilt in investing in ourselves sometimes. And I'm noticing more with the generation I'm in that we do like spending money on self-development and investing in us, but I think people who are potentially a little older than I am uh, still have this block and they don't feel that they are worthy of spending money on themselves. And so if that's you, that's totally okay. And I get that money is a barrier, right? We can't just be going on every seven-day fitness um, retreat, rather, anytime we want, right? We need to be selective about where we invest our money. So by pulling these common themes, I hope it pushes you 
to do something wonderful for yourself this year or whenever you're listening to this because it's never a bad investment. So let's get into it. Thing number one is education and personal development. Sounds obvious, right? So I've been thinking about this a lot lately and again, honing in on my generation, I think we are beginning to question the need for education, formal education. We know this and we are learning this through the fact that some of the most successful people of our time are school dropouts, that we can now start a business with literally zero experience and by launching an Instagram account. So I'm not saying to be stupid and drop out of school, but if you're entrepreneurial, you can self-teach so much. So formal education is not necessarily going to be the be-all, end-all for people anymore. What I do think is that education in a more broad sense, so investing in weekend workshops that align with a topic you need to know about, or becoming part of a mastermind group, that could be your education, or even like enrolling yourself in a $40 course online where you educate yourself. And so things like this, I will never bat an eye at investing in them, personal development, anything to do with where I'm feeling pulled to upgrade in my life. And on the lively show, If you've never listened to that podcast, it is so wonderful. She always talks about just if you get that intuitive hit that that workshop is where you need to be or if that event is where you should go, then go do it, right? Because if you're feeling that strong of a pull before you're already there, man, there is something waiting for you at that event that you need to be at. So tune in and don't be afraid to invest in education and personal development. The second thing, the theme that came up was a lot of people talking about meditation retreats. This is something that I've been thinking about doing for a while, and I have no idea when or where or how I will pull this off. I think it's going to come to me in a time when I'm really ready for it, but A couple people mentioned this 10-day Vipassana retreat, and I actually have a friend who goes to them two to three times a year. So the cool thing about these, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Vipassana retreats, is that there's no charge for it. So not even to cover the cost of food and accommodation. And these are hosted all over the world. And if you're in Toronto, like myself, there are places you can go to and experience it here. So all the expenses for these retreats are met by donations from people who have completed the course and experienced the benefits of Vipassana and wish to give the gift to others who could also benefit from this opportunity. So they're 10-day, I believe they're pretty much you meditate all day and then you help with the cooking and the cleaning and all that stuff. So obviously... This is something that would make me wildly uncomfortable. I feel like I have no business being at these places, but from what I also read, anyone can go. It's accessible to all of us, and that's the point. 
The third thing is spending money on something that's going to propel you forward. Okay, so this is kind of similar to the education and personal development, but when you're thinking about the most worthwhile investments, sometimes you just need to, say, grab $200 from your bank account, and if you've been mulling over those Facebook ads for a while, you just need to blast $200 into it and learn by doing. So that is never a bad spend of money. Obviously, do a little bit of homework first, but Something that gets you to start and that gets you to just go for it is a great spend of money. Whereas if you're the type to spend on things that prolong you from doing what you actually need to do, so say you just decided to enroll back in school instead of launching your social strategy business. Okay, I want to remind you that Again, going to school is wonderful. Doing courses is wonderful. But at a certain point, you need to begin and do the things that you want to do in two years now, right? The most successful people are there because they just did it. They didn't wait for acceptance. They didn't wait for that piece of paper to give them their degree. They didn't wait for anything. They just went for it. So invest in the things that are going to propel you forward. Okay, moving on. Let's chat about the common themes in the books that all the mentors suggested. So the question that they're asked, and I've mentioned this on episode number two where we did a Q&A with me, um, the question is, what's the book you've gifted the most? So given to other people. The book that makes an appearance in like every 10th, page is called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And honestly, I know nothing about this book, but it appears to me that it is a book about the exploration of the big picture moments from the stage that is our world. It sounds deep, but the fact that it's been recommended by so many people made me put a hold on it at the library. And I have actually put a hold on all four of these books that I'm going to talk about. So I hope to do an episode about each one of them a little more in depth. So that's the first book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. If you've read it, can you send me a message and let me know what you thought of it? The second book that was recommended and a common theme, I would say, even if it wasn't this book exactly, but books similar, it's called Stretch by Scott Sonnenshein. And again, I'm waiting to read this book, but basically it is about a groundbreaking approach to succeeding in life and business using the science of resourcefulness. So we often think that the key to success and satisfaction is to get more, more money, more time, more possessions, bigger budgets, job titles, teams, and additional resources for your professional or your personal goals. Well, this book basically tells us that we're wrong. So using captivating stories to illustrate research in psychology and in management, this book is written by a university professor who examines why some people and organizations succeed with so little while others fail so much. And it all comes back to resourcefulness, right? In the beginning years or in the beginning months of my business, 
I had to be really freaking resourceful because in order to earn my monthly paycheck with doTERRA, you are required to put in a monthly order. And that's only if you're a business builder. So if I want commissions, um, I have to put in a $100 order each month, which is really nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, I need these products to be able to teach my classes and my workshops. But I want to let you in on a secret. I didn't have a ton of money. I had just been let go from my job at Vega and I wasn't able to invest thousands of dollars into starting a brick and mortar business or um, anything that required a lot of startup costs. So even just this monthly order with doTERRA seemed a little bit daunting. But of course, I, I saw the future and I knew that I'd be able to grow my income quite quickly. So what I did was I actually would use the oils that I was purchasing and sometimes sell them off to my friends or give them as gifts that I would have needed to buy anyways and find ways that I could make that money back, okay? I didn't just go in spending hundreds and thousands of dollars. I had to break even and not spend a ton on my business, um, obviously picking and choosing my battles. So, Instead of taking out a loan to launch a business, I decided to just be resourceful with what I had. And if I spoke my true message with my voice, I figured I could begin to launch. The third book that I want to chat about is called Lead Yourself First by Kethledge and Irwin. So this book basically is about the fact that throughout history, Leaders have used solitude as a matter of greatness and growing their greatness. So it says, Martin Luther King found moral courage while sitting alone at his kitchen table one night. Jane Goodall used her intuition in the jungles of Africa while learning how to approach chimps. So solitude, it's not a word we hear very often, but it's a state of mind. It's a space where you can focus on your own thoughts without distraction, with a power to bring mind and soul together in a clear-eyed conviction. The problem is, and why I love that this book is talking about this, is that right now we have these things called our cell phones, our iPhones, and other media devices. And they leave us with the thoughts of other people constantly. So anytime you have a spare break, you're standing in line at the bank, you are on the subway traveling downtown, and you're scrolling Instagram, you're reading other people's articles, you are whatever, watching other people's videos all the time. And we're losing this solitude without even realizing it. So to find solitude today, everyone, and particularly leaders, must make a conscious effort. And it is such a worthwhile effort, and I'm really realizing this in myself, that I need my alone time to think and to shut off everything. So basically this book covers that and how to, you know find solitude and practice it more to enhance your clarity, to spur creativity, to sustain emotional balance, and really to just generate more courage. 
So even if you're not a leader, um, or maybe you are, maybe you have your own doTERRA business and you're leading a tribe of advocates, I would grab this book ASAP and reclaim your solitude. This is definitely a theme popping up in my life. And I think that as we come become more aware of it, we'll learn to get those devices off for at least six hours a day so we can practice a little bit more of it. The last book is called Sapiens by Yovel Noah. And I guess this is just him asking really big questions and getting scientific answers. A lot of people are reading this book right now. There are 600 holds on it at the library, so I don't think I'm going to be reading it anytime soon. But essentially, he talks about why sapiens came to dominate the world um, and argues that prehistoric sapiens were a key cause of the extinction of other human species, such as Neanderthals. Um, Sounds super interesting. Not a book I would typically read, but I will absolutely be reading it as soon as the library calls me. Let's chat about another question. So what came up when people were asked what asked what new habit or belief has most changed your life if i ask you guys that question could you say like do you know right away what new habit or belief has most changed your life so deep i mean you could make it deep or you could just say i started <laughs> flossing my teeth um i found myself nodding along to many of these new habits and beliefs. And I feel as though I'm at a point in my own life where I've already adopted or am keen to adopt many of these in order to positively impact my trajectory. So hopefully some of these ring true to you and that you are already encompassing or soon to be encompassing many of these habits. First one is using Audible, right? In a time when we have a lot going on, it's hard to find time to sit down and read. So Audible is an audiobook company, and it's wonderful, okay? You can pop a book into your ears while you're walking your dog, while you're commuting, or while you're in the bathtub. So if you like to multitask like me and going completely against the whole solitude thing um, by having someone speak to you all day through headphones, Audible is so wonderful. So go check them out. I love to listen to books as I fall asleep, often on Audible, and this is actually a habit that has that came up in Tribe of Mentors, so it makes me feel like I'm not a loser. If Dave is away, I am falling asleep to audiobooks. It is like a lullaby. Another habit that has most changed people's life is doing some fitness first thing in the morning, whether that is a one-minute plank, so super simple, super fast. Or for me, I love to get up and go ride my bike for an hour, first thing, 6 a.m. I meet my girls and we go cruise around the city. Um, And that, to me, has been a life-changing habit because I have no time to question my workout. I just get after it. And everything's laid out in the evening so that in the morning, uh, the habit is triggered by you know, having people to meet up with, my clothes are out, my bike is ready, and I go. So a few higher level learnings here on this question of what new habit or belief has most changed your life. Um, One that I find fascinating is, and that was brought up a lot, is that relationships 
are voluntary. This goes pretty deep, right? Because we often feel like we have to succumb to the people in our lives that are maybe most accessible, who are within proximity to us, who we've known the longest, our family, who we are blood related to. Well, guys, the advice here is that you can voluntarily leave or terminate a relationship at any time and it's okay. If a friendship is no longer serving you, stop hanging out with those people. If someone makes you feel so, oh, like energy sucked by the time you are done your coffee date with them, you've got to re-examine why you are holding on to that relationship because life is too short to hang around with energy vampires, right? Instead, consciously choose who you're going to spend your time with. Again, you're the average of the people you hang out with the most. So find some good friends, manifest yourself people who are on a similar path as you, and start hanging around with them more. Make plans with them, right? You can't sit around saying, I I just, I want to hang around people, but not ever call people and ask them to hang out, okay? So you've got to make a conscious effort to start aligning your social circle in a way that feels like every, every relationship serves you in a positive way. Another habit that I found really interesting that a lot of the mentors talk about that's changed their life is minimalism. And again, this doesn't mean you have to go throw everything out in your home, but less is absolutely more. And anytime you're feeling cluttered in your mind, it might be a result of the clutter in your life. So a philosophy that we really live by, Dave and I, is that we just want more experiences and not things. So we spend the bulk of our play money on things like vacationing to Europe and, you know, having nice dinners out with each other and just doing things like experiencing life together. And that's why we live in a small place. And that's why we don't have a ton, but the things that we do have really make us happy. I love ditching clothes once a season to our local thrift store And I love just cleansing things that no longer serve me. You've probably read or heard of the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I never followed it exactly, but um, one thing that I do really enjoy, my friend Amanda, who hopefully is listening to the podcast, she told me about something called the Outbox. And everyone implements an Outbox in their home. And when you see something in your home that... You're like, you know what? I don't really need that anymore. It's better off being donated. You grab it, you pop it in the outbox, and then every week you set a date with yourself that you ditch the outbox. You go to the Goodwill or the Value Village or whatever and donate everything in the outbox. Now, you're not throwing it out right away. So if, you know, a few days later you're like, actually, that book really does mean a lot to me go grab it back from the outbox. We're not saying you need to like throw things in a dumpster right away. But implementing the outbox is a great way to ensure you have a space 
and the correct environment to live more minimalistically. The final habit is called TM or Transcendental Meditation. This is a meditation practice that involves the use of a mantra and it's practiced for 15 minutes or 20 minutes twice per day while sitting with your eyes closed. I've heard a lot of good things about this meditation style, so if you've been looking to try a new meditation or if you want to learn more, definitely go look that up. It seems to be a common thread amongst the mentors. Next up, we are chatting about the billboard message that you would project to the world if you were given the option to create a billboard and pop it on the side of the busiest highway that you know so many people would see. So the quotes that I seem to really connect with and really feel tuned into were the ones that were really about ownership and owning the fact that our life is in our control. Because I believe that once we get control over our own lives, then we're really able to show up every single day and be in this world as the best version of ourselves. But you must own the fact that you have that option and then work through the blocks that you're facing, um, succumbing to a life that maybe you don't love. Okay, first quote. I love this. Here it is. Excellent is the next five minutes. Forget the long term. Make the next five minutes rock. This, again, ties into the slight edge that how you do everything is how you do anything. That if you're not happy right now in this moment, that in the next moment, you have the conscious ability to change that for yourself, whether that's your mindset or through the action that you choose to take or wherever it is in the world that you are, that you can get up and move your booty. So excellent is the next five minutes. Forget the long term, make the next five minutes rock, okay? So if you're feeling stuck, which I often do, sometimes 2 p.m. rolls around in my workday, I've got a to-do list that's the size of my body and I have deadlines and I have people who I'm accountable to and I've committed to serving a team of many wellness leaders and so I need to show up. So if I want to be excellent for them and I know that it requires the peak state of me, In the next five minutes, I will get up from my desk and go do something completely different. Blast some Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber, go for a walk, snuggle my dog, grab a snack, and I'll make that next five minutes things I love. Change my environment, go do something. Make the next five minutes rock, and your day will be that much more excellent, okay? Or if you feel like you're not doing a good job growing your business and you're feeling stuck and maybe you're just at a point where you're like, is this worth it? Is my business going to grow? Why am I bothering? Commit to excellence in your business for five minutes, okay? Five minutes only. Do the things like following up with people, educating on your product or service, Um, showing up for a 30-second live video on your Facebook page. 
and just do it for five minutes. And if that's all you've got for the day, at least you did it. That's moving you one step closer to, you know, making that routine and making that habit. Okay. Next quote. In order to have, you must do. And in order to do, you must be. Let me repeat that one. In order to have, you must do. In order to do, you must be. This is one that I would write all over your vision board, all over your desktop, wherever it is, and be reminded that when you live your life in alignment, you do the things and therefore you get the right results. Because we must be the change we wish to see in the world so that we can do the work that we're being called to do and that you need to show up and do. And then you will have that visionary life. We could maybe do a whole podcast on this, but be it, do it, and then you'll have it. Okay, so you can't just talk the talk to get the things. You have to be, 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 be. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I love that. Next quote. This is for the go-getters out there. I've talked about this, but don't be intimidated by anything. The people who succeed are not more clever than you. This world is not full of gods, just people who work hard and acquire more skills than you. Whoa. So don't be intimidated. Just go do it. Yes, some people have a God-given gift of being a little bit more brainy, but we all have the opportunity to practice new skills, to learn to immerse ourselves in development. The people who have created what you desire simply started before you and simply took consistent action. Now, I get so many people coming to me saying, I want to create a wellness business, but I don't feel like I have XYZ or I need to go back to school because da da da. Or you have a background in entrepreneurship and marketing and I don't. Guys, no. <laughs> With the women that I coach in my doTERRA business, it's that the self-starters and the people who are willing to dive in head first are the ones who see massive momentum, okay? Because I can teach you anything. The world can teach you anything. But we need you to start just doing more, right? And not being intimidating. And knowing that your message is so uniquely you. No other billion person on this planet has the same thing to offer, right? So you got to go for it. Start somewhere and you will find the people that you're meant to connect with. And the last quote that I want to focus on, I had a lot here, but I think that 
you know, without boring you too much, I want to get into just one more is a little bit tough love, I guess, but here it is. Either you're in or you're in the way. Focus on people who are in. If you run a company or if you are part of a business where you devote time working with others, mentoring others, employing others, there is no time to be focusing on people who are operating at 50% capacity. And so without being so harsh, like either you're in or you're in the way, but I recognize this a lot in my own business. People want a lot from me, but not a lot of people are willing to be coached or take advice or listen to the people who have gone before them. And I totally honor that Again, we're all at different places in our life and have different visions. But if you're going to be committed to something, I'm going to take you all the way. Or, you know, if in a traditional company, your manager sees something in you, they are going to pour resources into you. But if you're only halfway in and you don't get that promotion or you don't get the positive feedback or your mentor is not responding to you anymore, it's because you're actually just in the way. And time is valuable, you guys. So commit, show up with 100% of you. And when you commit and say yes to an opportunity, like prepare your questions, show up to the team training calls, Um, Give what you can give and be recognized for it. Okay, now we're going to move on to what are you better at saying no to? (laughs) I love this question because do you guys have trouble saying no? Do you fill your schedules just for the sake of it? Or are you a serial yes person? Because, you know, if people are asking things of you all the time and if you say yes, Well, that's on their agenda. If someone says, hey, want to grab dinner tonight? That's their agenda. You had an agenda for yourself and that was free time. So you got to start saying no more. Things that I've gotten better at saying no to include anything that disrupts my sleep. Like, really, if I have to be out past nine, it's because I like you a lot. Um, Anything that's rated a seven in my books. If it's like, oh, hey, here's an extra ticket to this event. And on a scale of 1 to 10, how badly do I want to go? If I'm like, eh, like yeah, maybe a 7. Okay, that means it's a no, right? Like, let's eliminate the 7. And, okay, so maybe it's not a no. But let's eliminate the number 7 from that scale. And ask yourself again, how badly do I want to go? So it's either a 6 or an 8. If it's an 8, yeah, you should go. You know, 80% of you wants to be there. If it's a 6, 60%, you're not going. Okay, so anything that's a seven in my life, no, not doing it. Um, so this actually, this concept comes up in my visionary goal setting workshop and you can find that on my YouTube channel. Uh, I will link it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, we kind of rank a lot of pieces of our life and if the seven shows up, we get rid of it and we six or eight it. 
And finally, one more thing I'm way better at saying no to is anything that feels out of alignment. For me, a big one has been, you know, events that maybe require me to be out at the club or in places that I just feel like I don't really want to be or if it feels totally out of alignment with what I had planned for my next day or how I wanted to feel that day, it's just a no, okay? So don't be offended, but again, if it pulls me so far from what I'm trying to accomplish, then again, it's just a no, okay? No shame, no guilt, just say no when you need to. Okay, we're almost there, you guys. Stick with me. Um, I want to talk about some great recommendations that I pulled out from the Tribe of Mentors. The one that really jumps out is that courage over comfort will get you to the places you want to go. Everyone wants to be brave, but nobody wants to be vulnerable. So comfort does not grow your business. Comfort won't help you grow your business. Courage will, though. Vulnerability will. And I struggle with this to share courageously what my vision for my life is, what my, you know, vulnerable story is. Um, Because I have one, but I don't share it a lot. So I would ask you, are you being brave? Have you shared your beliefs? Have you shared your story and your why so that people can connect with you? So courage over comfort. Now let's move on to bad recommendations. So this one's really interesting. We get a lot of people in our life saying, think big, have a compelling vision. And a lot of the mentors say, no, think small. Do something super cool by the end of the day or improve the quality of your next conversation or just clean up the next email you send or, you know, it's in the smallest of things. So back to the slight edge, guys. Yes, have a compelling vision, but think small, baby steps. This is a reoccurring theme in today's episode. It's the littlest of things. It's the next five minutes. It's the micro you. And the next bad recommendation is that gratitude, peace, and forgiveness will band-aid all your problems. Have you guys read The White Hot Truth by Danielle Laporte? She talks about a term called spiritually bypassing things. And it basically means when you don't deal with your wounds and instead just pretend that everything's fine and dandy and peaceful in your life and you just put on this facade that it's all good instead of turning inwards to have an honest relationship with your feelings and dealing with the wound. So instead of five-minute journaling at night about how wonderful your day was and how grateful you are, maybe you just need to sit for five minutes and address what you're going through. Okay, so spiritually bypassing doesn't work. You've got to face the hard stuff. No amount of green juice can make you happier. Okay, so last theme and last question that we'll chat about today. When you feel unfocused, what do you do? This is the question that I'm most excited about because every single answer reflected the same type of solution. When you feel unfocused, what do you do? 
So if you are feeling like stumped in your business or if you're listening to this midday and you're just trying to shake off your workload, here's what you need to do. Get out of your head and into your body. This can be easily done through movement, um, dancing, walking, squatting, whatever, planking. Get into your body. Move it. And the massive theme that penetrates this question is get into nature. People talk about if they live near the water, they jump in the ocean when they feel unfocused. If they are writing a book and it's been a year-long process, they go for walks. They get out into nature. And I've alluded to the fact that nature, and particularly the mountains, are totally medicine to me. Um, It makes you realize that it could be the medicine for all the world's difficulties. And we all have access to it. And so this super simple habit to get refocused and re-inspired and to get happier, we all have the ability to do it. You know, we're in a time when we're facing deep issues in our society and with our environment and spirituality and, you know, so much. And half the time it's because you're not even ever in nature. You go from... Maybe your condo six floors up. You walk underground to get to your job if you live in a big city. You take transit and you forget to be outside. And so the solution in my eyes and in the eyes of the mentors could be quite simple to getting our lives back on track, getting your day back on track, getting your hour back on track. Get into nature wherever that is for you. So that's it, guys. If you liked this episode, please rate and review it. Um, I, I really love this podcast and all that it's been able to surface for me. And if it awakens anything in you, let's stay connected. Definitely find me online or check out the show notes. You can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I send a beautiful essential oil blend and visionary love note to everyone who leaves a rating and review. So just take a screenshot and send it to me with your shipping address. Join my insiders community. If you feel so inclined, you can just search Visionary Life on Facebook or go to facebook.com slash group slash the visionary life. And if you'd like your free guide to visionary health, something that I'm so passionate about, my roots are in natural health, uh, just head to my website and you can grab it on the homepage. That's it for today. I hope you have the most visionary week and we'll talk next week.